it's been pointed out to us that on one hand we are saying that there is no choice because a conditioned machine has no choice it only does what it has been programmed to do on the other hand it has been said that there is a choice yes of course there is a choice the conditioned machine has no choice but what did we come to finally that are you a conditioned machine are you a conditioned machine you are not when you are not a conditioned machine then you have a choice in fact that is the only choice that you have whether to act as per your programming or whether to jump out of it that is the only choice any man has ever had that is the only choice that you have moment to moment that choice is between sleep and wakefulness if i am asleep and program if i am awake i have a choice but remember even when you are awake you actually don't have a choice you when you are awake whatever you do is the right thing so choice is not needed choice is just an illusion prashant pay attention choice is always an illusion only two states are possible to your mind it is drowsy asleep drunk then it thinks it has a choice but has no choice just as a machine has no choice right in the other state the mind is alert open aware awake then choice is not needed i am not choosing my words as i am speaking to you not at all when you are listening to me are you choosing what to listen to and what not to there is no choice there are no options options are there only when the mind is confused when you are clear then neither are there options nor are there any decisions there is no question of choosing or deciding choice is always an illusion the nature of existence is choicelessness the nature of existence is choicelessness we live in the illusion of choice when we are programmed then we think we have a choice but there is no choice when we are not programmed when we are acting as deeply conscious entities then also there is no choice then there is just simple direct action let's look at it this way a man is asleep and a snake is crawling all over him hmm and in his dream he is in a restaurant where he is choosing what to order from the menu the man is asleep in his dream he is in a restaurant where he is choosing what to order from the menu what is really happening is that a snake is crawling over his body does the man have a choice to throw away the snake how can he throw away the snake he is not even aware that there is the snake right but he thinks he has a choice but all his choices are imaginary he is choosing from an imaginary restaurant which does not exist right do you, do you get the point when you are asleep 
then you think that you have a choice, but there is no choice. There is no choice. Now when you wake up, he wakes up and he suddenly sees the snake. And what does he do? Does he look up Google, what to do when a snake is crawling on your body? Does he call a papa? Papa, what are the choices when a snake is around your neck? What does he do? He just picks the snake up and throws away. There is no choice. In sleep, you think you have a choice, but that is just the illusion of choice. And when you wake up, then choice is not needed. You really automatically, instantaneously know what to do. Choice is not needed. Or will you sit down and make an algorithm? Is the snake poisonous? Yes. No. Decision box. And the snake is waiting. Let him finish the algorithm. <laughs> there is no choice. Getting it? Yes. You want a very, very short cut to the truth. You are saying if everything is unreal and borrowed, what is real? You are saying if everything is false, what is the truth? I really wish truth were something that I could hand over to you. But I can point towards it. If you are attentive, maybe you will understand. No? Sit down. What's your name? Hmm? Okay, sit down. If everything is borrowed, if everything is coming from outside, then who are we? Who are we? You are that Abhay to which everything comes. You are that Abhay who has the power to drop everything that has come to it and still exist. You have a beautiful name, Abhay. You know what does Abhay mean? Abhay does not simply mean freedom from fear. Abhayata goes beyond that. It is different from Nirbhayata. Abhayata means the power to drop. You are that who, if he drops everything, would still remain. We are afraid that if I give this up, what will happen to me? This and that become our identity. I am a student. I am a student of a particular college, right? If the college goes away, then I will no more be a student. So I will be afraid because the college is outside of me and the college can go away or I can be restigated. So I will be afraid. I am bound to be afraid. I think I am just a student. I am a daughter. No, I will be afraid because the daughter exists in relation to somebody. That somebody may disown. 
and the relationship has its own conditions. So I'll be afraid. Who am I? A billionaire. But the billion dollars can evaporate. So I'll be afraid. Who am I? A husband. But the wife can run away. Who am I? A mother. But what if the kid dies? If the kid dies, then where is the mother? The mother is born along with the kid. No kid, no mother. So if I am a mother, then I will be very afraid. But if I know that I am that which remains even after everything is gone, then Abhayata is possible. That I am. That which will remain even if the society takes away everything that it has given. That which remains even after I stop identifying with the body. That I am. But you need a little bit of courage and a lot of faith. Because you won't experiment. You will say, no, 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 I don't believe in this. How can I drop this and that? How can I stop identifying with my educational qualifications, with my money, with my relationships, with my knowledge? How can I stop identifying with them? You will say, if they go, I will also go. No, you won't go. Have faith. You won't go. Your nature is beyond disappearance. You need not be afraid. All fear comes from the fact that you think that whatever you have taken from others is very important. So you are afraid. We have taken recognition from others. Others can take back that recognition. So you are very afraid. You know, we are very deeply afraid of our friends. Because friends are the one who give us recognition and self-esteem. Some stranger says something to you, you won't be hurt. But if your friend says something to you, you'll be deeply hurt. Your, some stranger tells you, you know, you are an idiot. I have come to see this. You will say, no, no, how does he know me? He is blabbering. But if someone close to you comes and says, you are an idiot, you are shaken. Because he is the person who has given you your identity. If he is taking back the identity, you feel devastated. If he is saying I am an idiot, then I must be an idiot. But that's what we do day in and day out. And the funny part is we feel good when somebody praises us. Remember, if you feel good when somebody praises you, you will feel equally bad when somebody abuses you. But you are so very thirsty for praise. Praise and recognition. You don't even realize that by asking for praise and recognition, you are opening yourself to slavery. The same person who says that you are beautiful can after an hour come and say you are ugly. If you have accepted him when he said that you are beautiful, you will have to accept again when he says that you are ugly. 
and you won't even know why all this happened. All this happened because you depend so much on the outside and you allow the outside to occupy your mind and condition you. Those who want to live really fearlessly should reduce their dependencies. That is the only way to reduce fear. Reduce dependence. Reduce your tendency to keep looking at others' faces and be a beggar for praise and recognition. When you are not begging for praise and recognition, then others cannot control you. Then you also can have a loving relationship with them. A beggar cannot have a loving relationship In fact, if you look at the lives of most men who ever really lived, you would find that they were multi-dimensional beings. Nehru was a prolific writer, not only a politician. And he was a very good father as well. And a statesman. And a swimmer. No, why do you say, either I can be a writer or a politician? No, these days you know my daughter is consuming so much of time, so I can't be a writer. He was everything. An activist, a father, a writer, a traveler, a lover. No, sir, you know. He did not have the kind of situation that we have. You do not know the load that we have. Nehru was just a kid. Gandhi was running an ashram, so he was an administrator. You also know the number of books he has written. He was a politician. He was a social worker. And he also found time to daily reply to at least 30 letters. And he was not typing them, he was writing. And he would travel so much by road, by train, by foot. It's just that he was not gossiping. He didn't waste two hours every night talking to his girlfriend. Now how will you have any energy left when all the energy is being taken away by the So in the morning you are dead, half dead, can't get up. When the night is being spent like that, how will the next day be? 
and you have accumulated friends around you who are nothing but suckers of your energy and time. If you ever by chance attain to a moment of attention and you are sitting in peaceful silence, the bhagar will come to you and say, what? Something is wrong with you? How are you so silent? Come, let's go to the crossing and tease a few girls. <laughs> and this is your friend. These are the kind of people you have collected around you and you call these your friends. If these are your friends, who needs enemies? <laughs> 24 hours is more than enough. When the day is spent in good rigorous activity, even 6 hours of sleep is enough. If you find yourself sleeping for 8 hours, 10 hours and still feeling drowsy, it is because your day is spent in all kinds of ill activities. Otherwise, 6 hours is enough. make the people around you your benchmarks. Do not say, when nobody is doing this, why must I do this? You have your own one life to live. Others cannot be the standard. Nobody goes swimming, how can I go alone? Every important thing is done alone. In prayer you are alone. In birth you are alone, in death you are alone, in love you are alone. You can't swim alone. You need a crowd to go along with you. Together we swim. What kind of herd mentality is this? <laughs> 